Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Passed him today to the hospitals. I normally listen to the radio. But for some reason or other, there wasn't anything on today that I wanted to hear. Not a single sermon. I always listen to Christian radio. Almost always. The two radio stations that transmit gospel music or sermons, both of them had sermons on, and not a one of those guys that I want to listen to. I turned it off, which I almost never do. And I think I turned it off now, I think, for a reason. That is, the Lord wanted to talk to me instead of somebody else talking to me. And I began to think about tonight's message, which I had prepared. And uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't get my mind on tonight's message for wanting to. I had to go back to this morning's message. And every time I tried to think about what I wanted to say tonight, the Lord took me back to this morning. And I came back to the church about, I don't know, 4.30 probably, and sat down, got out my notes for tonight's message, and I just couldn't, uh, I laid them aside, and I went back, and I, I read John chapter 3 again. And I went back to my message for the night, and I came back to John chapter 3. And finally, I gave up and said, Lord, I don't know what you're trying to do, but you definitely want me to go back to John chapter 3. So that's what we're going to do. It's, there, there, somebody here tonight needs to hear something that I'm going to say. I don't know who you are or what your need is, but I feel definitely led to go back to John chapter 3, and I'm going to do it totally without notes, and I almost never preach without notes. Is there somebody here that needs to hear something from this chapter that you did not hear this morning, or maybe you weren't here this morning, and you're here tonight and, and need to hear it maybe for the first time? I want, I want, to, I want us to continue then from what we said this morning about the need to be born again and carry it further. Evidently, there was something that from this that needs to be said that some of you, or one of you at least, needs to hear. And I hope you'll, you'll open your heart to listen to it tonight. I'm going to start at verse 5 of John 3. I'm going to read all the way through verse 21. Listen to it. Jesus answered, that is, he's talking to Nicodemus, and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, 
Thou hearest the sounds thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, whither it goeth, and so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, oh, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the condemnation, that light is come unto the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because the deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, and neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. His deeds may be made manifest if they are wrought in God. Let us pray. Our Father, oftentimes we're unaware when you're working and in whose life you're working or why you are dealing with a person in the way that you're dealing with them. Lord, I believe that you have directed me tonight to return to this passage of Scripture. Whoever that person is, or those people are, in this congregation tonight that need to hear something special, would you place those words in my heart, cause me to read them from your word, that would do the work that you have assigned to be done tonight. Lift us up, Lord, and bless us in a special way during this message. Throughout this service, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, those of you here this morning will remember that we were dealing with the discussion between Jesus and Nicodemus on the subject of the necessity of being born again. Nicodemus could not understand what Jesus was talking about. When in verse 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now he has made it very plain in that one verse that unless something happens in the heart of a person, he's not going to make it to heaven. There has to be a transformation, a change. Being made over won't do. It's a necessity to be made new, totally new. 
an absolute new birth. And Nicodemus said, and I don't understand, are you telling me that a man can enter his mother's womb and be born again? He totally misunderstood what Jesus had said. And so in response, in verse 5, Jesus answers Nicodemus and makes it, I think, plain, but not everybody thinks it is plain, and we do not all agree in all churches as to what verse 5 actually says and verse 6 says. And I want us to look very carefully at verse 5 and 6 and see what was Jesus' answer to Nicodemus. Jesus said, except a man, and of course the term man is used in general, be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now we've got to put those two, phrase, those two verses together and see what he says. As you well know, there are many people who believe that this verse teaches that you have to be baptized to be saved, being born of water. Did Jesus really say that you have to be baptized to be saved? Is that what he said? If it is what he said, then we have trouble all the way through the rest of the scripture to reconcile it. As you probably already know, I do not believe that there is any place in the scripture that we can say that it is necessary to be born of water. First of all, that phrase doesn't fit baptism. That is not a birth. A person is alive when he goes down into the water, and he's alive when he comes out of the water. We don't take somebody dead and put them in there, and they're alive when they come out. It, it, makes, it makes no sense from that standpoint. Back in, in, in the first chapter of John, in verse 33, if you want to flip back one page there in your Bible, uh, John the Baptist is, is talking. Uh, he says, and I knew him not, I was not aware that is, uh, I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water. Who baptizes with water but a man? God sent John a man to baptize with water. Jesus never baptized with water. Matter of fact, the scripture says that he never baptized at all. But his disciples, his followers did the baptizing. Jesus did not baptize. John said, I was sent to baptize with water. The same who sent me to baptize with water, follow there with me in verse 33, said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Now, we've got two different people baptizing. One baptizes with water, one baptizes with the Holy Ghost. 
The same person doesn't do both. John did not baptize with water and with the Holy Ghost, and whoever he's talking about that baptizes with the Holy Ghost does not baptize with water. Are you following me? We've got two different baptisms. Who is it that baptizes with the Holy Ghost? But Jesus himself. He's the one that will baptize, and that's exactly who John is talking about in verse 33. It is Jesus that baptizes with the Holy Ghost. It is John that baptizes with water, and they don't both do the same thing. Now, if we're going to say that water baptism that is going under the water in our baptistry makes it possible for a person to be saved, then we are talking about an act of man making salvation possible. For Jesus nor the Holy Ghost ever puts anybody under water. Only man does that. Are we saying, therefore, that it is an act of man that makes it possible for the person to be saved? As I have baptized some of you right back here, did my act make you saved? I think you would have to say no. My act did not make you saved. My doing something to you did not bring about a change in you and give you a new life. Man's act does not make salvation. So, if we want to think in terms of this verse as saying that being baptized in water makes salvation, we have problems with this verse because it won't fit. Now, let's go further. That which is born of water and of the Spirit. He's got two things he's talking about. Being born of water and born of the Spirit, there in verse 5. Go down to verse 6 and see what he says. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. A parallel. In verse 5, born of water. In verse 6, born of the flesh. In verse 5, born of the Spirit. In verse 6, born of the Spirit. How can we see that any other way than to say that he is talking about a physical birth? We all know that physically we are born in the process of water, and we've talked about that in the past, but I, I want to, to touch on that just a moment again. What are we doing here but making a parallel comparison? As a person is physically born, so must he be spiritually born. Okay? Now, verse 7, he says, Do not marvel, do not think it strange, do not be surprised, do not find what I am saying to be a hard saying. Marvel not that I say to thee that you must be born again. Or some translations, instead of born again, will say from above, and there is no problem there. But he is saying, do not cause this fact to be a stumbling block to you, that you must be born from above or born again. Second uh, Kings chapter 5, verse 11. 
is an important verse. If I remember what it is, listen to it. And following. In the fifth chapter of 2 Kings, we have the story of Naaman, who was a leper, who had come to the uh, prophet for the purpose of being healed. Verse 11, But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Why was he wroth? Because Elisha had told him to go out and dunk himself in the river Jordan seven times and he would be healed of his leprosy. Very simple thing. What a strange thing to say. You want to be cured of leprosy? Go out and go under the old muddy Jordan River seven times and when you come out, you'll be cured of your leprosy. And Naaman was angry and he went away and said, I thought he surely would come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leprosy. What is Naaman doing but the very same thing that man does today in saying, I want to be saved, but I want to be saved my way. And it seems ridiculous that the Lord is going to tell me the way to be saved is simply to believe. But that's what he said. We want to make it more complicated. Naaman said, aren't the rivers back home in Damascus more uh, powerful or just as powerful as this old muddy Jordan River? And finally his servant said, well now if he had asked you to do something very difficult, you would have done it. Why don't you go ahead and do the simple thing that he has asked you to do? If, who said it? Clarence, you must have said this morning. If we would ask people to buy salvation so many dollars down and so much a week and you would have salvation, let me tell you there would be no problem of having the treasury of this church filled if we were selling it. No problem at all. But the fact that God wants to give us something, that's too simple and we don't believe that it possibly can happen that way. So he says to Nicodemus, don't marvel or be surprised as what I'm saying to you that you're going to have to be born the second time. Now, verse 8, he says the wind blows where it wants to and you don't know where it came from or where it's going. All you can do is hear the sound. That's all. You don't understand it. This is the mystery. Let me tell you something. We may not know where the wind comes from, and we may not know where the wind goes, but we surely can see the evidence of it. Trees are blown over. Uh, and all the, the dust that it scatters up and so on, we can see the evidence. We may not understand how it's possible for God to save our soul. We may not know where the Holy Spirit came from that did it, and we may not know where the Holy Spirit's going from, but I'll tell you, when it happens, we know it. Do you know you're saved? Did you have an experience that told you that you had salvation? Well, this is what 
Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, you may not understand it, but yield yourself to it, and you'll discover that something happened. Something happened. An unsaved person cannot understand how salvation takes place. Matter of fact, a saved person can't either. But there is one fact. We know that we are saved because we were baptized. That is, we were submerged. We were dunked into. We were covered up. We were surrounded by the Holy Spirit. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit means. Go down to verse 14. Jesus said to Nicodemus, and as Moses was lift, uh, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Back in the book of Numbers, chapter 21, I believe, there is a story of the Hebrew people in the wilderness who have become very, very wayward, as they often did, and the Lord sent snakes. They were poisonous, and many people were dying. The people came to Moses. Moses went to God. And finally, the people said, we've sinned. We're sorry. Lord, take away this punishment from us. And God said to Moses, I want you to make a brass serpent. I want you to put it on a pole, stand it up in the middle of the camp. Whoever is bitten with the serpent, if he will look upon the snake on the pole, he will not die. Stupid thing, you. You mean to tell me that those Hebrew people after they got bitten with a snake, could go out and stand in the middle of the camp, look up there and see that snake, say, I believe that if I look upon that snake on that pole, I won't die. That's what happened. That was God's law. You look on the snake, you live. Don't look on the snake, you die. Now, Jesus said, just as Moses put that snake on a pole. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, put on the cross, if you will. And the same process, whoever looks upon him will not die. Looking upon meaning to believe. That a look at Christ on the cross a committal of his life to the Christ on the cross will bring life just like the Hebrew looked at the snake on the cross in believing that a look would save them from death, and it did. So the parallel is there. Even as Moses did it, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. If Jesus Christ had not died on the cross, there would have been no salvation for you and me. That's all there is. There is no other way. None other name given among men whereby a person can be saved. Verse 15, he said, Whosoever believes 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, you've got to tie verse 15 back to verse 5. Jesus is stating, whoever believes and is baptized, you see those words there? No, no. He didn't say believe and be baptized. He said, whosoever believeth in him should, and we can use the word shall, because we're uh, proper in doing that, and in our terminology, that's the way it would be translated in modern days, shall not perish. Verse 16, in the middle of it, that famous 16th verse, whosoever believeth, in verse 15, whosoever believeth. In verse 16, whosoever believeth. In verse 18, he that believeth on him, notice, is not condemned. Now here is a dynamic verse. You know why you go to heaven? Because you're not condemned. And why are you not condemned? Because you believe. That's all has nothing to do with baptism, has nothing to do with uh, working for your salvation, has nothing to do with morality, has nothing to do with honesty, although those are products of salvation. But the initial act of salvation is based completely and fully upon whether you do or do not believe. Your condemnation or lack of condemnation is based upon whether you do or do not believe. He says, he that believeth not, or I beg your pardon, he that believeth on him is not condemned. But, he that believeth not is condemned already. If you're not saved tonight, you've already been condemned. And you're simply waiting for the day of judgment. You're waiting for the sentence to be passed. The jury has already found you guilty. And everything is done except the judge saying, depart from me. You are already condemned. And why are you condemned? One statement only. Because you did not believe. That's all. He didn't say because you were an ordinary rotten scoundrel. He didn't say you're condemned because you didn't go to church. He didn't say you're condemned because you didn't give. It says you are condemned because you did not believe. You're condemned already. Why? Verse 19. This is your condemnation. Light is coming to the world. Light. A revelation. An unveiling of the truth. What do men do? Men love darkness rather than they love light. Why do we love darkness more than light? And the answer is because our deeds are evil. Verse 20. Everyone that does evil hates light. You follow that. When, when are the gross sins committed? At night. Under the cover of darkness. 
I don't know how many of you have ever been in a night spot. Part of my job is once in a while I have to go into the night spots. And I have discovered that they're dark. I cannot even see my inspection sheet. I have to carry a flashlight in order to see what I'm marking and look because the place is dark. Why is it dark? Because men don't want to be seen doing evil. A person who is righteous in verse 21 does not mind the light shining upon them. Their deeds are revealed. They know that what they've done is in God. You must be born again if you ever expect to see heaven. If you ever expect to be non, not condemned, you must be born again. How are you born again? By the baptism of the Holy Spirit. By being submersed, surrounded by covered up by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is Jesus that baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John that baptizes with water. Now listen, you can get by without being baptized with water, but you can't get baptized without being baptized. You can't get by without being baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's your way into heaven. That's your way. And that's the only way. You're on the way at all. If you're not a Christian tonight, and you want to be, the thing for you to do is get out of your seat and make your way down here to the front. That act itself won't do anything to save you anymore anything else will. But it will say to this congregation, it will say to God above, I want to be saved. I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want to be covered up with it. I want to lose my life you have to make that decision. It is Jesus that will baptize you with his spirit. Now, you don't have to understand all of this. The only thing you need to do is understand that without being baptized by Jesus in the Holy Spirit, you don't have a chance of eternal life. That's all. You have to make a decision, and it is a mental, a mind-making decision. You have to decide whether you want to be saved or not. If you say, I want to be saved, you have taken the step you need to take, and then it's up to the Lord to do the rest. Give your commitment to salvation. Let the Lord do the rest. Take the first step on faith, and the Lord will lead you the rest of the way. Let us pray. 
Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.